this is the first time that I'm up here speaking, but um, a little nervous, but I've asked the Lord to just guide me and um, let him use me in whatever he wants me to say. So I just want to start in prayer first. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Father God, for the opportunity that you've given me, Father God, to speak of your word, Father God. I just ask you, Father God, that whatever you want me to speak, you put those words in my mouth and that I speak. I just pray, Father God, that there will be at least one person touched by this testimony, by this word, Father God, that you've placed in my heart, Father God. I just thank you, Father God. I give you all the glory, all the praise, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, um, the Lord's been uh, speaking to me for a while, but um, about this message. It's, he gave me just a simple message, our thoughts. Um, I think because he knows what I've battled. I think he knows that, um, oh, but before, let me give you a disclaimer. I am a crybaby, so I got prepared. I have my tissue, so I'll probably be wiping my eyes every here and there. Um, but he's been speaking to me and just telling me because I've been struggling for a while for the things that I think of myself. Or So I've, I've just been asking the Lord, you know, Lord, because I, I just let me know what's my purpose. What do you want? for me? What do you want me to do? And how many of you know that when you ask, you're going to receive from the Lord? And um, so I've been receiving. So um, so then just out of nowhere, Shelly calls me and says, hey, I would like you to speak in the Jewels brunch. And I said, uh, for a moment, I was going to say, well, can I get back with you? But I, the Lord just said, you asked for this moment, here it is. And so I think it was just a step, a step of faith that he gave me so that I can be used or, or fulfill his purpose for, because I've been asking him. So before a thought, come in, a thought would come into my mind, and before I said no or before I thought about it too long, I just told Shelly, okay, you know, and, and I was just obedient like that, you know. Didn't know what I was going to talk about, you know, uh, but the Lord had been placing been speaking to me about um, about myself. Um, so let me just tell you a little bit about my testimony. That's pretty much um, how it relates to the message today. So I grew up, you know, with both parents in the home, brothers, sisters, and I grew up in, in the Catholic Church. Um, I grew, you know, we through Sunday school and and um, I, I loved going to church, you know, when I was little. And, and I just, you know, I, I just fascinated me um, knowing about what the Word of God said. Um, I was angry at, at Eve because, um, you know, I was like, we could have always, I could have been alive the, this whole time. And, and I, I don't have to die. And, and why did she do this? You know, and that's what, as a child, I would think, you know. But, um so fast forward, um, I got to a point in my life at 16 years old, and I, I got pregnant. So 
it was just an awakening uh, into my life and difficult, um, difficult for my parents, I'm sure. Um, my, cha- my life changed completely at 16 years old. Um, Fabian and I got married. I was 16, he was 19. And we just said, okay, well, we're just gonna get married. But little did I know that I didn't know anything about marriage, much less at 16, I barely even, I think, even know anything about myself. So uh, I just went on with with life. Um, Many difficulties in our marriage, um, because, I, I mean, even if I gave an opportunity to my mother and father to even teach me about marriage, there was none. It was, here you go, kind of thing, you know, like, um, but, I mean, of course, they never spoke about, um, about what marriage is, about what, uh, what it is to, um, what God says about, about marriage. Um, I just kind of find out on, on my own, you know. Um, in high school, with a baby, being a mother, a wife, a daughter, just everything you can think of, I was there. And so I tell my son, I said, you know, now that I fast forward so many years now, I tell him, I said, you used to go to school with me. I I'd had to get up early in the morning. I had to get him ready. Well, we only had one vehicle, and we would drive. I, would, I, I didn't have a license at 16 years old then, so I would have to drive Fabian to work. Then I'd have to come home, get the baby ready. I'd have to take him to the babysitter. And then I had to come back, get ready, and then I would walk to school because I'm, I don't have a license, so I can't go to school in the car. So I did that for, for a while until my son would get sick, you know, being a baby and, you know, sniffles here and there. I um, got behind in my, my schoolwork. So the counselor said that there was a school, alternative school, where that you could take your child and they could you work at your own pace, you can you know um, try to get on track. And so I decided to do that. So my son would would get up with me in the morning and we would ride the bus together, go to school, and that's how my routine was, you know, for, for a good while. Um, I would wake up at four in the morning and I would cook breakfast and lunch for Fabian and do the other mother things that I would do, and I would come home and so just. Life was busy for me, you know. Um, I was very mature, but at the same time, didn't have the wisdom that I have now. Um, But it was very difficult. It was getting to know Fabian, Fabian getting to know me. Um, It was just, it was was battles between a marriage, a lot of arguments. Um, And um, a lot of crying. Um, You name it. We've been there. We've done that. You know, um, you know, there was emotional abuse, verbal abuse, everything you can think of. It's, I've, I've gone through it. So that's why I have to tell you a little bit about myself so that you can understand where I come from as far as our thoughts. Our thoughts are very powerful. They're very powerful. What, what you say to someone will stick there for the rest of your life. So um, I, I have great parents, but one of the things that I re- remember was um, 
a very hurtful thought that my dad said, uh, something that he said to me. And it's because, I, it's understanding because I was 16 years old, pregnant, and he just thought that the world had ended for me and there was nothing else for, for me. So I remember he was very upset and he said, well, what are your plans? And I said, well, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish high school. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And he's like, he looked at me like, right. I said, you might as well just forget about school, drop out, because there's nothing there anymore. There's nothing for you. Just let it be. And, and in my mind, I was like, no, I can still do this. So, but just those words were very hurtful because I think I wanted um, to hear, even though I made a mistake, um, I wanted to hear and say, you know what, you can do it. I, 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 you know, you're my daughter. You're going to do it, and we're going to help you, or however we can, we're, you're going to do it. But I didn't hear those words. I heard the opposite. You might as well forget, just kind of like a little smirk kind of laugh and, and said, just let, let it be. So I remember, I mean, it's hurting, and I remember there was many times during this time that I was, you know, back and forth with my son and being a wife and so forth. I remember I wanted to give up. I didn't want to go to school. I just wanted to let it be. And my mom looked at me and said, you will not give up. You will go to school, and you will prove your dad wrong. And so I think that really stuck to me. So I said, okay, I can do this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best, you know. And little by little, that's how I, I looked at it. I, I had the thought of my, what my dad said because I was like, if I fail, he was right. But then if I do the other, then I'm going to push myself and I'm going to do what my mother has told me to do, prove him wrong. So that was my goal. So I, I tell people I've done things the long way, the hard way, my whole life. It, it's just how it's been. I... You know, went to started. You know, when I finished high school, I, I finally finished high school, so I felt like I accomplished a goal, but I didn't finish the rest. So I, I went to to college, and you know, again, the struggles happened, the marriage, the the issues, the problems, and it was just very difficult uh, for both of us. And I laugh when I'm telling you this because they just said, "Well, what are you going to talk about?" And I said, well, I'm going to give him my testimony. He's like, um, well, just, just don't talk bad about me. Because <laughs> when, when, when I come on Sunday, they're all going to be looking at me kind of funny. I said, no, don't worry about it. I mean, I have to say some things because that's what makes my testimony. You know, I mean, everything wasn't pink and roses and, you know, it, it just wasn't. So, um, a lot of the problems that Fabian and I had in our marriage uh, dealt a lot of hurts. You know, um, we said things. We both said a lot of hurtful things. Um, we did a lot of hurtful things, um, and they just started just storing up in here in our heart. And um, I, I, it was very difficult for me to to get over those things because. Now that I know, it's the enemy who brings those thoughts over and over and over in your mind to keep you captive, to hold you down, 
And so there is a, p- a point where, where Fabian started drinking a lot. He'd uh, stay late drinking with friends, and I was doing my motherly things that I was doing. And I just, I was tired, you know, I was tired. I, I going to college, then um, when I was going into um, nursing school, I was, I was pregnant with my second son. Even though I waited nine years between my first and the second, it, I got pregnant. So now I was pregnant in college, in nursing school, and I had him on a Thursday and went back on Monday to school because I couldn't just drop school because if not, I was going to be kicked out. So I said, I have to do it. So had him Thursday, went back on Monday. And my instructor was very understanding. She just made accommodations for me because she knew I just had a baby and so forth. But that's why I say I've done things the long way, the hard way. Just my whole life, it seems that way, you know. Um, I, I took the shorter route to go into to a, a quick, um, uh, as the LVN, uh, licensed vocational nurse, uh, because it was a quicker career and I could start working and I could provide and, and so forth. So that, that happened. So, um, you know, I was having this difficult time in my marriage and I just, it was just very hard because I felt, there was times that I felt like, even though Fabian's been very great, he's helped with the kids and everything, I still felt like he wasn't always there. So um, we started having issues and, and so forth. But it got to a point where one of his friends started speaking to him about the Word of God. And, um, and he wanted to go to church. And I wasn't the easiest person to just say, okay, well, let me, let's just go to church. No, I wasn't. I mean, I said I grew up in the Catholic Church, so I had my beliefs. I had that in me. And I didn't want to give that up because that's what I believed. He started, he was invited to a Christian church. And, um, and the only reason why he said yes to, to, to his friend was because he kept on insisting, insisting. And every time he didn't go or show up to church, he'd call him and call him every single day until he said, Yvette, we have to go. And I'm like, well, you have to go, not me. But I said, fine, we'll, we'll just go. We went. Fabian got saved, you know, and he just wanted more of God, wanted more of God. But I didn't want to go to that church. I didn't, I, I didn't like it. That's not, you know, it was hard for me to let go of my, my beliefs, you know, of, of my religion. And until Fabian, Fabian stopped drinking, he stopped doing a lot of things. And I noticed a change in him, but I still didn't want to go. You know, I would, I would fight with him and I would say, well, you go to your church, I go to my church. That's just how I put it. Until one day, Fabian got fed up with it. And he says, well, what do you want? Do you want me to start drinking again? Do you want me to start doing this and that? And it was kind of like a, a, a shocker. So he, because he left out of the house, went and bought himself a six-pack and started drinking at home. And I was just kind of like, no, 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 I don't want him back there. Because I had seen a change in him. So I didn't want that. So I had a, you know, I was very prideful. 
during this time, and I had let go of my pride, and I said, okay, fine, you win kind of thing. We'll go to, we'll go to your, a Christian church, but it's not going to be that church. It's going to be a church where we both agree, and that's how we started our walk with the Lord. So the Lord started working in me. I, had gone, I went to an encounter. He started changing my life. He started <clears throat> just transforming me. I, I, I got into the Word of God. I, I, I started having a hunger for God, and it was just different. But I still had some of those things in me that I had not completely let go, um, the thoughts in my mind of what I thought about myself, the hurt. I still hadn't completely let go of those things. Um, so um, the Lord had to work in me a lot, a lot. And, it, I mean, there's still days that I've gone through things, and and I've, I've asked the Lord to, I've, I've questioned the Lord. I've, I've even doubted the Lord. Um, I just, I mean, I have to be truthful because, I, I mean, everything wasn't just fine and dandy. It wasn't. You know, I had to ask the Lord, why, do I, why am I going through this? Why do I have to go through this? And um, the Lord, little by little, has said, you didn't have to go through those things. However, I'm going to use those things so that you can speak to others about your testimony, about what I've done in your life, and that's what I've tried to do um, over the years. So um, let me let me let me tell you why this started. So it started in in Genesis three, one through ten. I'm just going to paraphrase from the beginning when Adam and Eve was the, the temptation or the fall of man. That's when he started speaking. The, the enemy started speaking and bringing thoughts. And that's why man fell during, in the Garden of Eden. He says, God has indeed said to you, shall you not eat of every tree of the garden? That's what the enemy's speaking to Eve and saying, are you sure you heard that? Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's what you heard. I'm sure you won't die. So that was the very first time that the enemy used the thought to try to get us to fall. And from there on, you know, that's, that's where we are today. You know, he uses those thoughts. He puts, he introduces those thoughts. And that's what he's done from, for me. He, he tells me, he's told me, well, you're not good enough. Um, you know, I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I would say, I'm not good enough. I don't, I don't like how I look. I don't like how. And he introduced those things in my thoughts. So I had to, I, I've struggled with that. So I've had to read the word of God and, and, and see what the Lord has said about me about why those thoughts are not truthful. So, when he introduced those thoughts, not only was it for herself, she introduced them to Adam. She shared them with Adam. So, now they both have those thoughts. And once they ate of the fruit that they were not supposed to eat, 
they had to hide from God because they knew they did wrong. Before the, the, before the enemy even introduced those thoughts, I think Adam and Eve were just walking along in the garden, going about their business. They, they didn't even think about that tree because the Lord said, okay, don't touch that. Don't, you're not to touch it. And they just went on. But it wasn't until the enemy introduced those thoughts that they actually sat there and said, you're right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's not what he meant. So a lot of those times that's how we get those thoughts. I'm pretty sure God is not going to love me because I've done this. I'm pretty sure that God's not going to, there's no way I've done so many bad things. There's no way the Lord's going to forgive me. I mean, those are the thoughts that, that come into our mind. So once you, you, you uh, get into sin, like Adam and Eve did, your natural instinct after that is to hide, just to hide. It's because they know they were wrong, because that's when they realized what was good and what was evil. And any, if, you, if you look at it out in the world, most of the things that happen, like crime, any, any, it happens at night. Why does it happen at night? Because if you, if people are not going to just steal. I mean, I'm sure there is some people that will steal out in the daylight. But for the most part, they're not because when it's dark, people can't see you do it. So they tend to hide. That's, our, that's how I look at it. Like, you know, they, the way of how Adam and Eve hid is how... People hide now in days at dark in the darkness, but it's when God's light comes out that you can expose everything. So that's why a burglar is not going to steal something in the daylight because you're going to it's easy to see. So at the beginning, that's when he has placed those thoughts to make us fall and not to follow God. Why? Because he knows that if we know the Word of God that we're victorious with his word. And that's why he does that. So um, I was listening to a preaching um, before um, I was asked to speak today, and it was like a nine-minute preaching, and it was about the, the, the mind, the battles that we, we go in our mind. And it was something that I really, I didn't really look at it that way until I heard this message. And it says, Bondage or strongholds, there it's a house full of thoughts. That's what bondage is. Because if you look at lust, if you look at worry, if you look at fear, if you look at anger, addictions, depression, low self-image, negativity, unbelief, unforgiveness, bitterness, the root cause or where it comes from is in our mind. It's our thoughts. So, and if it, I mean, there's the list there. I mean, I, I think I've gone through some of those. I mean, I can say, I, I mean, there's times that I've been fearful. There's been times that I've been angry. So all that comes in our mind because our mind works, works, you know. And the enemy wants that. He wants us to remind ourselves, you're not good enough. Look what you did. Look at, you know, you were 16 years old. You got... You know, you had a baby out of wedlock. You, you know, you're, what were you doing? Where, you know, look at what people think. 
look at what your family's going to think of you. Look at, uh, you know, are, you're not good enough. You're, those are the thoughts that, that came to my mind for, for many times. And, of course, being in the marriage, the things that we said to each other, Fabian and I, would um, built up a lot of hurt and a lot of thoughts. Like, I wasn't good enough. I mean, I just, you know, I wasn't a good wife. I wasn't a good mother. I just... All that was, and I looked at myself, of course, having ch- children, your body changes, you look at yourself, it's like, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too this, I'm too that, I hate how it's this looks. That's just how I would see myself many times. So, um, but I, I can say that that's not what God thinks of us. I can say that... Um, any self-destructive thoughts are not of God. And we have to get those thoughts and hold, get them captive. And that's where in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So every time that I had a thought, I had to say, okay, Lord, um, forgive me for having those thoughts, but I just ask you to remove those thoughts, and I, I would just start speaking to myself, you know, okay, that's not of God, okay, I'm a Christian woman, I can't just sit... Or walk around with those thoughts. So, I want to share how unconsciously, I guess, I've been speaking to my daughter about the Word of God and how to take her thoughts captive. She's, for a little while, I've been noticing that she would come to my bed. And she's like, I had a bad nightmare, Mom. I had a bad dream. I had this, so I would ask her, what is your dream about, or what is it that you're, you know, and she would tell me. I said, baby, every time you have a thought, every time you have a dream, you need to ask the Lord to help you remove those dreams out of your because that is not of God, baby. And she's like, okay, Mom, but I, I, I don't know how to pray. I said, yes, you do know how to pray. Just ask, Lord, just get it out of my mind. So, and, and, and that's what I've been teaching, and, and I had, Never, not thinking, you know, it, it kind of goes with the message, you know. I've just been telling her, baby, just, just say, Lord, uh, get those thoughts, Father God. Those are not your dreams. Those are not of you. And, and so she's like, okay. She goes, yeah, the other day I had to, I had to tell the enemy, not the exact words, but something like I had to speak to the enemy and, and tell him bad things to leave me alone. You know, and, and I was like, okay, you know, I, 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 I get how it works, you know. If I'm telling my daughter to do it, then I have to do it for myself, you know. So I, every time a thought comes to my mind, I have to say, okay, Lord, this is not of you. And um, before I came, uh, you know, a couple of days back, I think about a week ago, I had a really bad dream, and I woke up crying, and I've never really had dreams where I'm, I wake up crying. And... Uh, Fabian said, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I, I explained what the dream was. And he says, yeah, you know that that's not of God. I said, yes, I know. I said, but it, it, it felt so real. It, it hurt. 
And he says, well, you know, that, you know you're about to speak in front of women. You know that the enemy wants to put that in your mind because he doesn't want you to say what God has for you to speak to those women. And I said, yeah, you're right. So I started just saying, okay, Lord, you're right. I mean, you know, the enemy doesn't want me to speak. He wants me, you know, um, sometimes we do give him too much credit to the enemy. But in this, in this instance, I could tell you for sure that it, it it was something that he just wanted me because as soon as I had that that dream, it's like my spirit felt um, anxious, uh, felt sad, felt even wanted to get depressed. And and uh, when Satan said that, I said, you know what, you're right. I, I I can't think it's it was it was a dream. It was not true. He's just trying to get into my thoughts, into my mind, and I have to remove that. And so I did, and I haven't thought about it until, you know, sharing with you today. So, so how do you, how do you take your thoughts captive? Pretty much the word of God. One of my favorite verses is Ephesians 6, 10 through 19. It's put on the whole armor of God. Um, he just says that, that we have to get prepared against the enemy because he's going to, we're, we're not wrestling physically against him. It's just the spiritual realms. And so that's, that's our mind. Our mind is what we have to battle through. So it says you have to put the waist of truth, the breastplate of righteous, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, um, because he throws darts at us when we least expect it. Everything we feel is, is fine, and then all of a sudden he throws something at you. And so that's been one of my favorite verses for a long time, and when I've gone through some bad situations, I I I I, I want to I I put that so that I could believe that okay Lord, I I want to I believe that it's just a fiery dart of the of the enemy, and that you have something for me because if not he wouldn't be throwing those darts at me, um, and I I I've tried to change my mind about how I think about myself, and it says. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that's our weapon against the enemy. He doesn't want us to know the word of God again because he, he knows that we, we defeat him through the word. And uh, another verse is Hebrews 4, 12, 13. It says, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intent of the heart. So the, the word that stood out to me is the word of God is living and powerful. So there's power in the word of God. It discerns our thoughts. So when, when a thought comes in and you want to know if it's, a, if it's of God, that helps you distinguish the difference between if it's the enemy or is it God speaking. Again, like I said, he's never going to give you a destructive thought about yourself. He's not going to speak those words about you. So then if, if it's, it doesn't fall with the, the word of God, it's not of God. So that's how we keep take our, our thoughts captive. Another that, um, that I like, the, that, that, I was, that I placed in here is Psalms 107, 20, 22 in the um, Passion Translation. God wants us healed. It says, be healed, and we were healed, delivered from the dead store. 
So lift your hands and give thanks to God for his marvelous kindness and for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. Bring your praise and offering and your thanks as a sacrifice as you sing your story of miracles with a joyful song. I like the songs because I, that's, for me, worship, praising God is what speaks to me. And um, just worship music, just even the worship today just speaks to me. It, it speaks about my life. It speaks about, you know, I, I look at worship like I'm, I'm speaking to God in, in worship, you know. And, and that's how I, I look at it. That's how, how, how I do it. Because that's how I give my heart to God, and I, I pour out in, in worship. Because there's always something in, in a worship song that, that's speaking to, at that moment, something that I'm going through. And I just, I cry out, and I bawl, and I, because that's just what I feel the Lord speaks to me. Um, pretty much he wants us to know the truth. God wants us to know the truth. Because... There's a fight. He, know, he knows that there's a fight, and he wants us to use his word. So what does God say? God says that, for my, in Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways are my ways. And I keep saying, if the thought that you have doesn't go with the word of God, and it's destructive, it's not of God. So remember, his thoughts are not the thoughts that you might be having of yourself. When we come to, to Christ, that's why it's hard for us to believe that he can love us, that he can forgive us for everything we've done, because I can only speak for myself. I, I, I know that I fell God, you know, and, and I think at the very beginning I cried and I cried and because it, that shield was, uh, you know, that veil was removed from my eyes, and I was able to see what I've done wrong. And I can see what Jesus did on the cross. And I think tears come to my mind just knowing that he did all that for me. So, for me to have those thoughts of myself, it's just like I'm putting Christ on that cross over and over again because he did it one time for me so that I could never remember that because he says that he casted all my sins into the depths of the sea. So if I keep remembering, I'm bringing those sins out of the sea back into my mind and reminding myself of what I've done. And so he also says in Romans 8, 1, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So if I've already given my life to the Lord, and I've asked Him to forgive me for my sins, I can't have condemnation because there's no condemnation. Because I'm in Christ now. So that's why we have to use the Word of God to fight those thoughts. Because God doesn't think of that anymore because I've asked him to forgive me. So I can't no longer keep on bringing those thoughts over and over again. He also says in Romans 8, 37, 39, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
so that we conquered all those sins through him because he loves us enough. He says that there's nothing that we can do, that we do, that, that will stop from loving us. It says, nor, near, uh, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor no, even the things that are coming ahead of us. There's nothing that we can do that will stop God from loving us. Nothing that can separate us from his love. There might be times that we might feel like, hey, is God there? But that doesn't mean that it's going to separate us from his love. And then why should we have those captives, those thoughts captive? Why should we take those captive? Because ultimately, he wants us healed. There was, um, I think, in one of the prayers that uh, Pastor Kelly, because I'll listen to to some of the prayers that uh, Pastor Kelly has. If not, I'll go back and look at, uh, listen to them in in YouTube. And one of the things that stood out was is that delivered women will deliver other women. So that's why God wants us to hold those thoughts captive, to be healed, so that we can be delivered. Because if we're still hurting, we can't help another person with those hurts that we have if I haven't been healed. So he wants us to be delivered so that we can help other women. Sometimes we're too busy in a rush um, to speak to people of Christ. And I know for a fact, like um, at work, um, I have to stop myself and stop just like a robot, just going going over and over again. Because... At work, I think it's where I see that the world is hurting. But there's times that I'm too busy and that I don't stop and realize it until afterwards. And then I, I just, I, I, I cry because I'm like, okay, I should have stopped. I should have spoken a word. I should have prayed for that person. Um, one day, and I think God reminded me, like, don't be too busy. Don't just just go on with, with your business. Just Stop and listen, because there's a lot of people that want to to, he, to to speak what they have in their hearts because there's no one out there to help them. And that's where we come from, where we come, uh, you know, to uh, speak the word of God. So I had a lady, I think that morning, it was one of those, I would call it a bad morning, rushing to work, doing this, doing that, and just one thing after another is just like aggravating and, you know, just frustrating and a lady comes into the clinic and asks me um, if I can help her because she went to an appointment at a different location. It was far away, and um, she wanted to know if she ha- if, if her husband had an appointment. Um, her husband was right there in the car, but she wanted to know. And I was just kind of like, oh. you know, we didn't even see the patient. It was from a different in a different clinic, and now she comes here, and like I have to. Stop what I'm doing. Go look if I can help her. But it was just, it, it was just that busyness. So I went and I did that. And she says, because I think I, he has lab work, but I don't want to go all the way far again and then t- just to be turned away. And then I, I drove all the way over here for nothing. I said, okay, fine. You know, I'll, let me go do that for you. So I noticed that, yeah, she didn't have an appointment. So what I did is I made her an appointment. And I said, look. At least now you have an appointment and you don't drive all the way over there for nothing and you have it and you could say, hey, look, someone made me an appointment and I said, okay, I did it. So when, when I gave it to her, 
I thought that was going to be it. No, she started telling me, you know, I, I thank you so much. She goes, you know, my, my, my husband just, uh, he just gets real angry with me. And, um, you know, because um, I don't want to have intimate relationships with him. And I'm just kind of like, why is she telling me all this, you know? I'm just kind of like in shock, like, and he goes, I said, okay. And she goes, well, ever since I had cancer, you know, and I've gone through treatments and I've done this and that, it's just, I just, I don't have a desire. Um, and so he gets angry at me and he screams at me and, and, and you know, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying my best and, and I'm just listening, but at the same time, I really didn't stop and and and, and tell, give him a, a word of encouragement. Or I mean, I listened, and I, I I mean, I did give her a word of encouragement, but I didn't really stop to fully listen and say, you know what? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for your marriage? Can I pray that things may maybe you're going through a difficult time? Maybe you've gone through some difficult times. You've had cancer. You 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 know you've had all these things going on. Let, can I stop and pray for you? I didn't do that, but then I think the Lord reminded me, like, so if you want to know your purpose and you're not stopping to take the time and listen and to pray for that person who has hurt, how can I use you, pretty much? And I was just kind of like, I broke down and I cried. And I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I will never be too busy. I will learn to listen because there is many people out there that are hurting. So, to say that God ha has called us uh, in Isaiah 61, 1 through 2, I just did a quick list. I mean, there's several things that God wants us to do. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. So if we're brokenhearted, we can't help a brokenhearted person. He wants us to proclaim liberty to the captives. He wants us to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To comfort all who mourn, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So that's what our purpose is. He wants us healed so that we can speak to others and follow the things that he wants us to do for, for others. So not only for myself, but he wants us to share. You know, like how they say, share the wealth. Well, he wants us to share his word. He wants us to be delivered so that we can deliver others. So um, I think that's pretty much all I have, but I hope that um, a little bit of my testimony and a little bit of what the Lord has been speaking to me um, helps someone. Um, sometimes we have to just be truthful to ourselves and to others, and that's the struggles that I've faced. Those are the struggles that that I continue to um, to ask the Lord to um, help me and be delivered so that I can help someone. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Father God. I just hope, Father God, that someone was touched by this word, Father God. Father God, I just ask you that I'm not too busy or that we're not too busy, Father God, to speak to others of your word because you want that for every single person, Father God. You want it to be a domino effect, Father God. You want 
to use me so that I could touch someone else and that someone else can touch someone else, Father God. So I just thank, thank you, Father God, that you're working in all these ladies' lives, Father God, and you're building us stronger for us to know more of your word and to share, Father God, to this hurting world, Father God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.